Call with Dads, your podcast for unscripted conversations and honest opinions about what matter to dads. Join the call in this journey called fatherhood. Now here are your hosts to get things started. E.A. Maynard, the man of many words and some of them could make sense. Hi, I'm E.A. Maynard. Along with Mr. Pancakes, who is working to bring back family traditions starting with breakfast. This is Mr. Pancake, and this is Call with Dads. Perfect. So... It sounds like we're all ready, so let's just dive in and start discussing this a little bit better, a little bit more. So, Jonathan, we appreciate you being here on the show. It's nice to have you on as a guest. I've been following you on Twitter, which you're there as the Evolved Dad, which to me, the the name just kind of stands out to you because there's so many different levels you can take that on. So for the people that don't know you that are listening to our show, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and how you became the Evolved Dad? Sure. So I'm married now for almost 15 years and I have five kids. My youngest is four. My oldest is almost 13. And I wasn't always a great dad. When (laughs) I got married, I didn't necessarily have guidance on what it looked like to be a real dad. As I like to differentiate a little bit between being a father and a dad. (laughs) Being a father, it's biological. Just by default, you become a father. But being a dad is really putting in that effort and really giving over to your kids. And I didn't really have that true understanding, that true sense of what it meant to be. To me, growing up, you had to work hard, make money, to go on vacations, to support your family, to have a good life. Mm -hmm. And over time, from different interactions, I slowly saw how that wasn't the way. That wasn't what I wanted for myself. That wasn't what I wanted for my kids, for my wife. And over time, these things started clicking little by little. Over COVID, I actually had, there was a point, my youngest was actually in the hospital. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID, but it was a respiratory issue at the beginning of COVID. So I got to spend a lot of time with my four other kids while my wife was in the hospital for a week or two with our youngest. And it was just really nice. I hadn't really ever, I hadn't ever experienced it. I mean, the longest vacation I ever took was maybe a day or two. I worked very hard and put my time in. And one day after my wife had come back from the hospital, we were sitting outside. And one of the things we had done during COVID was I dug up a small pond in our backyard with the kids. It's about like six feet by eight feet, like two and a half feet. And I built a bench with them. So we had a bench by the pond, so built like a nice little scene. And my wife and I were sitting there. We're like, I said to my wife, I was like, this is so nice. I don't ever remember having this. We're married already for, it was 10, 12 years at the time, and sitting down and enjoying time with the kids and just looking back, even though it was a stressful week or two, but being able to not be stressed about work, but being concerned about a child and just being there with my kids and speaking with my wife, and especially when she came back and just being there together as a family, it really clicked in a way that it had never clicked before. Like, this is how it should be. My kids were happy to see me around to play. Like they had remote classes that sort of didn't work, <laughs> but uh, we made the best of it. Right. But from morning till night, like I made sure that we had exercise time and we had, you know, we were moving around and just all the craziness. Like we were a family. And that really, like, that was like the final piece where just like everything took off from there. Like, it was slowly little pieces by little pieces. But that was, like, a big change. That was 
I, I saw something that I had never seen. I felt something that I had never felt. And taking it from there, listening, you know, combining all the motivational stuff and all the other different pieces that I had put together and heard over the years and building on that just really to start changing my family. All right. Well, to me, it sounds like between you, me, and Mr. Pancakes, Mr. Pancake and I are kind of similar age group of our kids. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. He has a four-year-old coming on to five. And you, obviously, like you said, your youngest is my close to my oldest's age. So what what really made you, because it's easy to go for a week, do all this, and then say, okay, well, I have work. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, evolving is not just a, when you, you evolve, it's to being a dad. Using the terminologies, the father's biological, the dad is a choice. When you made that choice to actually be a good dad, what was it that you did and what made you decide to actually become the evolved dad? So evolving was definitely a process. It's definitely a continued process. There was a lot of failure along the way. There was a lot of things like, you know how it is, to get all excited <laughs> about something, jump in for like a week or so, and then boom, it's gone. So it was a lot of trying different things and over time finding what did work. Because there was still something that had clicked that wasn't going away. Like there was something there, even the times that I may have fallen off of what I was doing. But I would say that probably the one thing that has changed my approach the most is a practice called the perfect day. And the perfect day is you basically sit down and you write out what do you envision as your perfect day. If you could live your perfect day every single day, what does it look like from morning till night? from your workouts to when you're spending time with your wife, when you're spending time with your kids, your breakfast, your supper, whatever it may be, you're filling out what your perfect day looks like. And then taking that, breaking it down into little accomplishable goals, and then slowly working towards that day. So it's a combination of things that I had learned over the years, and then filling it all in with this perfect day practice. That's really what's primarily solidified it for me. Because if For example, I want to be able to have a sit-down breakfast with my wife every day. At this point, it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. I want to have a sit-down lunch with my wife every day. At this point, it's not realistic. Okay, I understand it's not realistic. But what (laughs) had I do to get closer to that goal? So for lunch, for example, it happens to be both my wife and I work from home, but it doesn't necessarily give us the time together. We both have busy schedules. Mm -hmm. So that could be just going downstairs And saying hello to my wife, I can't sit down for an entire lunch, but I can make that little step. Mm -hmm. I may not be able to sit there and spend an hour or two with my kids every day, but I can spend five minutes and I can make sure that I'm doing that every day. And what's really one of my core ideals is using charts. I use it for myself and I use it for my kids because you can, you don't have to keep it in your head. You have, I put a chart on my wall next to my bed and every single day I had an exercise routine. I have time to spend with my kids, time to spend with my wife, and anything else that I was working on that I needed to shape as a long-term goal. That's really been the core of the build-out of what has changed me as an evolved ed. And I don't want to say it's foolproof, but it's pretty much foolproof. If you actually are committed to changing, using these few pieces is life-changing. And then switching over to how I became the evolved ed, 
it's an interesting story. So I started out on crypto Twitter, actually, and I do IT for a living. So I started out, it was cool, understanding like what's going on in crypto and all these different things got a little bit overwhelming. And <laughs> I got pulled into DGen crypto Twitter. So I started investing in meme coins and all this sort of stuff, making money, losing money, having a blast. Mm-hmm. And um, it came to a point where some of the people in the circles that I was in lost ridiculous amounts of money. It wasn't like any of these big, uh, these big crashes that everybody was talking about. But if you were in crypto at the time, you were aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And people were taking their lives. And that really shook me to my core. I was like, there's got to, like, people have to realize there's more to life than, you know. I understand they came from literally nothing, made all this money, but to link your identity to the money that you made that you can make again, that's just not cool. You're not, you're lacking that fulfillment. That's not, like, that's not okay. And I started trying to put out motivational content and trying to get other people to do it with me. Eventually, I came across uh, Clint Murphy. He was much smaller at that point. And, uh, chatted with him in the DMs, and he gave me a few ideas of what to go, courses to take, like to improve my writing and to really to help make a difference in the world. And then the end of last year, I started with trying to figure out what that new account was going to look like, because I knew that my old account was too deep into crypto Twitter, that mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be able to have enough of an effect. It was like, it was just looked at, that was just the type of the account I had. So I started out a new account going through a few different revisions, we'll say. And um, I joined a cohort beginning of 2023. And at which point the Evolved Dad came to life. And that's where it's been from there. Sounds interesting. Now, that's pretty interesting. (laughs) So I'll let Mr. Pancake jump in on this. But one thing that kind Mm. of stuck out to me is you were talking about, it definitely rings through. I've seen, like I've lost, a nice chunk of money, nothing that really affect me too much, but enough that crypto, I was sitting there going, okay, I'm staying away from this. But yeah. I do... I stayed away from that stuff. I wasn't about to get involved in crypto at all. <laughs> no, well, thank you. It, it kind of reminded me of the, um, the stock market crash back in the 20s when you heard about that. And mm. people taking their lives, this and that, everything connected to their identity... And, you know, it's, I guess the question rings to me is, is it, do you feel like these people that were taking their lives, their identity was stuck to the money because they had nothing else in their lives? Because I personally, and I think Mr. Pancake and I have discussed this prior, where Hmm. I think maybe even on our first show, where once we became a dad, at least for me, once I became married, got married, I realized I had somebody else I had to watch out for, but once I became a dad, then things were different. Then we had to focus on our kids, and that was our lives. Do you think yeah. that was kind of the difference in things or with you versus other people, or do you think there was something there? It could be. Obviously, we'll never know. <laughs> um, I feel like that even as a dad and having a responsibility you have to really acknowledge the fact that you're a dad you have to appreciate the fact that you're a dad that you have other people and i don't know that it's such a base level thought that people have even thought of because i find especially i live in new jersey so new york new jersey things are moving very very fast Mm -hmm. and just trying to keep up with the day-to-day and especially with technology and all that stuff 
it can be a lot for some people. So they're not necessarily thinking about what's going on. They're not necessarily thinking about their family. It's just more in the moment. But taking a step back and realizing what's going on, fulfillment or not, but just taking that step back, that's where I feel like there's a big difference. So there's definitely, there's, I guess to your point, there are two aspects of it. There's the lack of fulfillment, but there's also the not taking a step back, not being present in the moment and realizing that there's a bigger picture and seeing outside of the problem that they're being presented with right now. So to your point with being a dad, when that clicks and that you're like, I have a wife, I have kids, like there's a bigger responsibility. Yeah, from that aspect, it's it's really more of taking a step back and realizing that this is not the end. This is part of the journey and there's more to it. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That's kind of where I was with that, with like the whole crypto idea and investing and all that stuff. And for me, it was more along the lines of like, wow, this, I, I'm doing all right and I'm slowly moving up in life. I don't see a reason to try and at this moment in time, put my family at risk and leap forward, you know, into, into something that's, I guess, considered the unknown, you know, uh, that's where I, I mean, that's where I stayed out of it. The whole crypto thing, it was sole protection of the family, the kid, the wife, you know, stuff like that. Um, I feel like, like people that would take their lives. I don't know if that would be like something along the lines of, um, were they like disappointed their family or like they, they had a family and they lost everything. So they went down the rabbit hole or they didn't have a family. They had nothing. Money was it. I don't know. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing, to, interesting place to be when you're investing in a lot of stuff like that. So a lot of the people that were losing, I can't say that I recall every person mm-hmm. that was in that situation, but a number of them were younger had rough childhoods right um even where they were in life at that point wasn't necessarily the most stable necessarily the rough so, childhood seems to be a commonality with suicide yeah and that's like that's one of the most important things about being a present father and being right. like being a dad it's like like i tell my kids i'm not here to tell you and to experience life for you i'm here right. to help you and to guide you to the best of my abilities and to give you the tools so that you can succeed in life. Because I'm not always going to be here. I'm not right. always going to be here to, you know, step up to the plate and help you out. So yeah. I want to make sure that you have everything that you need to the best of my abilities. And those abilities are going to improve every day. Right. But I want to make sure that you have what you need so that when you get to those tough situations, you can take that step back and realize, okay, yeah. I'm going to get through this. Let me think how I'm going to do it. Right. Let me shift gears because one, the crypto conversation seems to be kind of depressing, and you know, it's yeah. too early in the morning for us. I haven't even got through my first coffee to be down yet. <laughs> so let's shift over to the fact of you said that when you first realized during that beginning of COVID time when your kid was in the hospital, which still a depressing thing, but your kid came out okay from how it sounds. So yay. And you then started taking steps and became, you're already a dad. You you were a dad, I assume, at the time you were had a connection with your kids. But once you decided to be, I'm assuming, emotionally, physically, and mentally present, 
and focus on your kids, what difference did you notice or if you've even noticed any difference between just being the father there and doing taking the steps versus being the dad, being involved and showing your kid the way, showing your kids? So I don't think it was an it was a change right away. It was more of a realization that there's more to this than what I have. And over time, it was just becoming by be realizing that I wanted more for my family changed into over time, realizing that I want more from myself because I can only give over as much as I know. And the only way that I can truly give it over is through my actions. Mm hmm. So I can stand there and preach and lecture all day, but it's going to go absolutely nowhere. But as long as I am doing what I want to give over to my kids, I'm practicing, I'm living that, I'm getting up early, I'm working out, and my kids see that, and they know that, and I'm putting in the work. And when I'm with them, I am constantly working on being present with them. Yes, there so are definitely times where like my phone rings or whatever, and I'll pick it up not thinking about it. You could have, I mean... My kids laugh all the time. I'll be sitting on the couch, maybe reading a book or doing some homework with them, and I'll just get ridiculous amounts of messages or phone calls or whatever, be it work or personal. I've taken my phone and just thrown it across the room. <laughs> well, being it, an IT, I can see that. It's just to make a point. It's right. like, and I, the like, my kids will start laughing. Like, what are you doing? I was like, we're sitting here. I'm spending time with you now, or I'm doing homework with you now, and that's disturbing. So I'm mm -hmm. getting rid of it. Like they have to, I want them to appreciate the fact that they're more important than my work will ever be. They're more important than any favor that I can do for any, uh, anyone else. So, well, that makes sense. And, you know, I'm right there with you. I know Mr. Pancake has mentioned that he, as soon as he's home with his family, he puts his phone elsewhere. So any messages, anything don't come in and bother him. Me, I've gotten in such a habit that it's always in my pocket because I do... Now, mind you, I don't get, like, years and years ago, I worked in computer, the IT industry, where I fixed people's computers for small businesses. Drove me nuts with all the calls, all this. <laughs> Got away from that, went completely different, became a food service or a restaurant kitchen designer. So, completely other side of the world, comparably, but... I keep my phone on me because I do, like, my son loves to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, at his age, being five, about to turn six, come, oh, crime April, I know it's bad <laughs> to have to think about it, but the fact is, is at his age, he asks a lot of questions, and he expects me to know all the answers. Obviously, I have no clue on a quarter of the things or even half the things he says. <laughs> I mean, and I, I imagine... Doing homework, you're probably sitting there with a 13-year-old all the way down to a 4-year-old scratching your head on some of this stuff going, what is this? So I have my phone on for Google searches and things like that. But again, I don't get many messages after hours. What do you find the benefit of, and I don't know how long this realization has been for you in how long you've been working at it, improving. Once you had this realization, what was it that made you actually, well, I guess that's the wrong way of wanting to ask the question. What actually got you to evolve in the sense of you decided, there's the realization, I understand, but what was it that got you to simply go, okay, this was my first step. This is what I need to do. Because 
we all have those steps and we all have goals that we say, okay, this is where we want to go. Be evolving usually when a person has that mindset, they think, okay, this is where I want to go. I want to be better at this. What was it that made, what was your focus to evolve on? Not just, okay, I'm going I'm to get better at making my charts. I'm going to get better at putting the phone away or this or that. What was the main focus of evolving? The main focus was getting to that point, really. There was no, it was more of a big picture goal. Mm-hmm. And it was realizing that it's going to take a long time. Like, I actually have a, a sign on my door over here that I wanted to do push-ups, 10 push-ups a day for two years. And I remember some of my kids saw it, and they're like, two years? Like, that's a long time. It's like, yeah, that is a long time. But that's going to make sure that I'm consistent and that I'm doing it. And I'm going to keep seeing that every day when I walk out of my office. And I'm going to think to myself, did I do my 10 push-ups? Because I know that the goal is not the 10 push-ups. Yeah. The goal is being active. And once you're active and you start with one thing, it's almost like an addiction. Like your yeah. body hungers for it. So you do those 10 push-ups. 15 or 20, yeah. Yeah, you're going to end up doing jumping jacks or squats, or yeah. you're just going to end up moving more. I, I do about 180 a day. How much? About 180 push-ups a day. Wow. <laughs> Max got around about 100. <laughs> yeah. It, it started because I was, you know, like pretty much Captain America when I was in the military, but then I got out of the military and it went like tabloid, <laughs> just overweight you know, chubby. And I was like, no, that's exactly what happened. I started off just like you're talking about 10 a day, turned into 20 a day, turned into, uh, doing body weight squats, turned into getting 20 pound dumbbells, turned into a hundred pushups a day. And then it just kept going. And, and that's literally what it is. It's literally taking those small ideas yeah. for the long term with a big picture goal in mind. But yeah. you break it down. That's like the whole concept of the perfect day. So if you use that analogy, right. that's exactly it. Part of your perfect day is, for example, I want to work out for an hour a day, for argument's sake, whatever it is. You start off with five minutes. Go for a walk for five minutes, but do mm-hmm. it consistently for a week, and then two weeks, and then a month, and then over yeah. time it changes. But realizing that it's not going to change tomorrow. And there was one saying that, I can't remember who said it, it took you 30 years, whatever the number is, to mess up your life this much. It could take you another 30 years to turn it back around. Like, don't expect it's going to be overnight. It's progressive <laughs> loss that you're experiencing. Now you have that progressive gain. But right. you've got to be committed to it. So that's the thing. As long as you're committed to whatever it is. And that's why I like hanging things on the wall. I like hanging things in a place where I'm going to see them every day. That could be on a closet door. That could be by your bed. That could be by an office. Wherever you want to put it. And when I have my charts up, I specifically have it, depending on what it is, I have it either by my bed, so my wife is seeing it every day, or it's it may even be downstairs where my kids are seeing it every day. There was a point in time where I had a sign up in our playroom that said, Daddy's no phone zone. And for <laughs> two months, I would not bring my phone into the playroom. If my phone rang, I got up, I went to the other room to see what was going on, and then I came back because I wanted to focus on making sure that I'm focused with the kids and it wasn't working to have my phone on me. Yeah. So when you have that big picture goal, yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you have that big picture goal in mind and you realize that it's going to take time and it's progressive, 
you can be more patient with yourself. Right. If you don't have it hanging somewhere, it's somewhere in your mind with everything else. It's somewhere on your phone with everything else. How many yeah. things do they have to do lists and, oh, I got to take care of this and that, but it gets lost because yeah. we don't have it in front of our faces. But when you create that environment where you have it in front of you every single day and you've made it simple little things to help you accomplish those goals, that's where you're going to evolve. That's really what it's all about. It's just starting with those simple steps. Simple, small things. That makes sense. I mean, those are good ideas. You know, because that's kind of where I started with a lot of the, a uh, lot of stuff, you know, learning to be better overall. Uh, for me, yeah, it was because I, I knew uh, being unhealthy, you know, my, my wife's mom is, or my wife's dad is like 400 pounds. You know, super nice guy, awesome dude. You know, he's active, but he's just a bigger guy. He doesn't really not eat the extra steak you know i mean if it's there he's just not gonna eat it so that's just kind of how he is and i was I, I look at that type of lifestyle and i'm like I, I don't i need to be here when my kid has a kid i need to be around you know and that's it's so that's kind of where i started doing the same thing like evolving you know figuring out a way to move forward uh and i started you know chopping how much i eat like i take my meal and I just get my meal and I throw half it away, eat half it. I actually do it all the time. It's wasteful. I know. I get it. There's kids in Africa. I understand. But <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. To that point, to that point <laughs> thing, somebody said about that exact point. They were saying that, you know, we say, oh, there's a little bit of fries left over. I'm just right. going to eat them because I don't want to waste it. Nothing. What do you mean you don't want to waste it? You're either throwing it in the garbage, so it's going to be wasteful, yeah. or you're going to hurt yourself because right. you're now putting the extra garbage into your body that you're going to have to work harder to get out of your body so that you don't have to go on medication or die yeah. early. Yeah, see, so you got a great point there. So either way you look at it, that food is going to be gone. It's in a, either in a negative way or just in a neutral way. If somebody has so many leftovers, Maybe they should cut down on what they're making or what they're buying. That's a yeah. Yeah. But when it comes down to that last little bit on the plate, if you're right. full, move on. Yeah. Right. And we, we do that as well. Like like you said, cut down on what you're buying yeah. um, and cut down on what we make. We we have restricted like, because like before I would like go to, go to Publix or whatever and get three like massive steaks. And I mean, we between the three of us, me and my wife and my daughter, we'd probably eat in a half. And there'd be a little bit, a bunch left, and I would sit there and kind of do one of these and do that, and oh, a couple, couple more of this, a little bit more of that, whatever. And like, it just wasn't worth it. I just kept finding myself like more and more like uh, drained, tired, wore out, not work, not wanting to work out, not wanting to get up. So it started with stuff, small stuff like that to move forward. Cut down on what you buy, cut down what you make overall. So now we, have, I think, it probably make one steak, like one steak. And we split it three ways. And wow. my, I mean, my daughter's five, so she, this much. So <laughs> it's basically split into two ways, and right. one bite goes to my daughter. <laughs> you ever now, tried the smaller I'm, plate thing? I'm gonna yeah. jump in here real quick because yeah. one thing you both you both are talking about cutting down portions, this and that. Now in my house, because one is like you said, once you said earlier, once you start doing stuff, you get addicted to keep doing stuff. Right now, I have so many things going on. It it's crazy. And with that, leftovers is our saving grace. So I'll cook, say, like last night 
my wife had some chicken that she marinated from a previous meal that she didn't cook all of it. I took that chicken, threw it in with some tomato, like some tomatoes, and threw some seasoning yeah. in. Turned that into a whole meal. We had a little bit left over. My wife took the leftovers in with her for dinner, for lunch today. Oh, yeah. So. Well, we we when, do that, when, too. Yeah, so I, one I, thing is. My wife makes a big thing of uh, cabbage soup, and we'll eat that for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing is not saying you have. I, I understand what you guys are saying simply by saying cut down your portions, things like that, or cut the meal halfway. Me, like I have my son Todd now, if he has food left over, he makes sure that he didn't have, he'll have like the clean food that can be reused or saved for later. And then the food that can't be, he'll kind of scrape it off over to the side. And then he'll take his plate out and put it in the kitchen. Mind you, that took some work to get him to do. But the fact is, is we can also take that food and today for lunch, he'll have pasta and leftover meatballs from two days ago so plan plan it because i'd say if you are cooking at home the benefit of it is is the leftovers yeah so take if you're if you're taking a full portion don't fill your plate up even or even get a smaller plate right that's one thing that i found that i've heard some people say like my wife has a for people that can't see my wife uses a small plate about this size i have the big dinner plates that i use but i have a lot of empty space on my plate because one is and i'll put a little extra on because my kids love to steal my food from me (laughs) and so i know that's always why they end up with leftovers is because they steal a lot of my food so Mm -hmm. i plan accordingly but the fact is is i think and correct me if i'm wrong here where you guys are going with this isn't about just throwing away food for make sure yeah. there's a thing called the sunk fallacy or sunk cost fallacy where you've already spent the money for if you go to a all you can eat buffet you've already spent yeah. the money for the food you don't Might have to eat as much as you can exactly and people some people have that mindset of i've already paid for this i've already gotten it on my plate etc yeah. etc it's like right. that dessert well you can take that leftover or that half and have it for the next day yeah you so if somebody's sitting there going, oh, you're wasting. Well, if you don't want to waste it, throw it on in a Tupperware container or something and have right. it for another day. I mean, I mean if I'm off base, let me know. For, I mean, for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I for all intensive purposes, am still a man, you know. So if there's a fat, juicy cheeseburger in front of me <laughs> and some disgusting smothered in uh, ketchup fries and maybe a big old pepperoni pizza, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong. Yeah, with bacon or something. Don't get me wrong. You know, I am no stranger to getting stupid with some food. You know, <laughs> but for the most part, on your general daily life, it's all about general. You know, portions of it are going to ultimately be you know, make less food for yourself and your family if necessary. I mean, don't starve yourselves, obviously. You know, but you know, you just overall, if you're eating too much food and being overweight, you got to find that way to lessen that intake so you can overall, you know, help yourself be more manageable in life. You know, if, if taking like you, like you, how we're talking about, you know, cutting down the amount of food you make, maybe throwing away half of it or whatever, um, you know, those two scenarios. And the other way is like, uh, like how you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, making a bunch and just only serving yourself a little bit, take the rest and save it for another day. 
I, we actually do both. You know, my like I said, my my wife makes a pot of cabbage soup. I mean, it's delicious cabbage, tomato sauce, all kinds of nonsense, and like we'll eat it for like a week. My wife will literally eat cabbage soup every day for a week for lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I don't right. really like cabbage. It's kind of gross to me. So it's good for me to eat it because I'll eat like half a bowl and ah, I'm all wore out <laughs> for the day. She loves it. I think it's okay. It's it's good, but I'm not a fan of cabbage. So it's it's kind of good because it makes me not eat. <laughs> but there's just ultimately speaking, there's just different ways of dealing with it. Um, whatever works best, I I feel. But I I do feel ultimately trying to make less food for yourself. Well, obviously you don't have it in front of your face. That's a lot of people's. Um, you know, vice, I guess, in front of you, you're going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, but, uh, I would say like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a mindset mm-hmm. because no, I hate using that word. Um, when it comes down to it, you can take the food and use it for leftovers. It's great. That the question right. is when you have that one little bit left on your plate, that's not going right. to go get put away for leftovers. You're like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. To put a tiny right. small amount. Like what am I going to do right. with it? I might as well just eat it. Yeah, but you didn't think about what the repercussions are. That's like, think about it. You have you have a fire in front of you. Are you just going to stick your hand in because the fire's there? I hope not. I mean, maybe <laughs> some people would. But like, think of it like that. Is this serving me or is this not? Like, what's my big picture? My big picture is I want to be here. I want to be healthy. I want to be here for my kids. And I want to be here as long as I can be, hopefully for their kids. Right. So by eating this bit, what am I doing to my body now? Is this something yeah. that's going to help me, that's going to give me the energy to be able to do what I want? Or is it something that I'm going to have to work harder now to get that weight off? Because not only am I eating it now, but the next meal and the meal after that, and for the next five years, I'm going to be doing that. Where, right. do, where do I end up if I make that choice now? And yeah. people will tell me, oh, you're overthinking it. Okay, I guess we'll meet up in however many years and we'll see where we are. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, it's with everything in life. It's not just food. Yeah. When you're on diabetic medication and I'm not. <laughs> what are you What are you doing today to serve yourself in 5, 10, 20 years? Right. We went to, uh, yesterday was my daughter's fifth birthday. It's finally okay. five. Uh, so her favorite restaurant um, uh, is Flounders over in Pensacola. Man, great, great place. So we'll, we'll run over there. And you know, I like going there because they have like, um, most of their meals or their food is like 20, 21, 22, $25 a plate for each person or whatever. So I'll usually get a meal. My wife will get a salad and my daughter will get like package and we'll kind of do one of these for the three of us, um, where my wife will have some of mine, I'll have some of hers, you know, so we'll basically get two meals and two salads out of it and stuff like that. Um, but it still costs $50, but they have really good drinks and they're really big and they're like $10 for like a giant, wonderful drink. So I'll get a couple of those. So in my daughter loves going there. So we go there. Uh, yesterday when I ordered my food, I mean, it came out like it was like freaking like that. Like, man, after me, my wife and my daughter ate on it, it looked like we didn't even touch the thing. So I was like, like could, could I have sat there and eaten more? Absolutely. You know, I could have sat there. I mean, it's all, I got the um, cheesy bacon uh, macaroni and cheese with fried shrimp inside of it and stuff. So, and it had little tomatoes and stuff in there. Oh man, I'm just sitting there eating cheap bacon macaroni and cheese. It was so delicious. But I ate enough for me and I quit. 
and I gave my wife got her amount and my daughter got her amount or whatever. And we just kind of ate our amount and I literally put it in the fridge. You know, we took it home for leftovers. Now we'll probably eat on it. Uh, like small bits we'll probably make like chicken or something tonight and take a bit of that for like a side or something you know so we we do the we do the uh saving part as well but i also do like the cutting down overall in certain aspects it's kind of like half and half so let me ask this you you two both seem to be much more on the healthier lifestyle than i am because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mind you, I like there's an exercise bike right here, right behind me. I I try right. to use it, but I'll be honest with you, most of my adventures are running around with my kid or <laughs> lifting one of them two up and having them wrestle with me. Yeah. The only reason I actually eat healthy is mostly because of my wife, who got it in her mind that she wants me to live longer, so she doesn't want me to eat junk. Right. With you two intentionally focusing on being healthier doing your push-ups doing an ungodly amount of push-ups things like that sorry what what do you notice do you notice between before you started focusing on your health i don't know how long you two have both been worrying about your health or focusing on it do you know the difference between your lifestyle with your kids versus before you started worrying about your health yeah sure you go ahead first oh total difference total difference um, so as of, I think it's maybe like seven, eight months ago, I actually started doing intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and I start intermittent fasting because I thought, you know, figure, give it a shot. And I've kept it up for one simple reason. I don't really need to eat more. And when I do eat, I'm eating healthier. So for lunch, I'm going to have salmon. I'm not going to have a whole bunch of whatever. And I'm going to focus more on getting my proteins. I'm still going to eat calories. I don't count calories. I don't do any of that stuff. The idea is to fit things into your lifestyle with the least amount of resistance. The more resistance you have, the harder it's going to be for you to maintain. And the difference I've noticed, my wife actually pointed this out to me a few months back. When I used to do yard work on Sundays, I would, especially during the summer, I would come back in. I was so run down. I would be on the couch cast out. And my whole Monday would be ruined. I, I would not be feeling well the entire Monday. Now, forget about it. I could do all that. Last two nights ago, I went with, took my kids somewhere. I raced my kids, my 13 and 11 year old. I beat them. <laughs> In a race, it was probably, I don't know, a thousand feet, give or take. It was just like a quick right. dash to right. where we were going. And I beat both of them. And I wasn't huffing and puffing. I was able to, you know, I was walking around no problem afterwards. Right. I'll do exercise with my kids. So first of all, aside from the fact that I'm healthier and I'm focused more on health, I'm not even thinking about it, honestly. It's like, it's so, it's built in. I'm not a buff guy. I'm not like one of these guys that's ripped with the six pack or whatever. That's not my focus. My focus is to be healthy. My focus is that I can run around with my kids and have a good time. We were at the park a few weeks ago. Or I was at the park one random day with my kids a few weeks ago. And I don't remember what we were doing. There was a there's a um, a soccer goal. I just ran over, grabbed the top of it, and started doing some pull ups, just like in the middle of nowhere. And then just continued on. And when my kids see this, they want to be more active, also, which right. is so much more important nowadays. I feel than when I was growing up, because nowadays with all the screens and all the distractions and everything else going on, they need to maintain that. And I want them to maintain that because I know what it feels like to not maintain it. And I know what it feels like to maintain it. So 
So aside from the fact that I feel freaking awesome every single day. And you know what? The craziest thing, there are times that I'll do a workout and I'm in so much pain afterwards, I actually start laughing. (laughs) It's like, I know that it's doing wonders for my body and I know that I could push through it and I know where it's going to get me to. I would literally, we have a, I put up a pull-up bar outside of my, um, outside of our playroom and my kids will try to do, you know, try to do pull-ups or hang from it. And I'll do push-ups with my kids sometimes and all sorts of exercises. So I've maintained, I've gotten a much healthier lifestyle. I sleep better. Um, during the day, I feel that I have more energy. I get less run down. I could do a lot more physical stuff. So mm-hmm. it's changed my life in so many ways. And I'm not telling people that they should be doing intermittent fasting. I'm not telling people what diet or whatever, but it's important that you find what works for you and what fits into your schedule. What, Mm -hmm. like, if you have a schedule where, you know, you have 10 minutes of downtime, you know, you could do, take a 10 minute walk even. Do that. Like, I take a walk with my wife, with my wife every single night. It's about a 15 minute walk, give or take. And um, we obviously weren't always able to do that. Depends on your kids' ages and what (laughs) your situations are. Don't start leaving your kids alone if they're three or four years old, please. (laughs) And um, where you are, it's like three degrees below zero. It's like, we're going for a walk. (laughs) Taking the three-year-old out. (laughs) So we do that, though. (laughs) (laughs) So we get, so yeah, I mean, we went through the summers, the winters, the springs, the falls. And Mm. it's hot sometimes. It's freezing other times. And my wife and I both enjoy it. We put, push each other, to, you know, no matter how busy I am and what I'm doing, I'm going to make time to spend time with my wife, make time for exercise, and make time for my kids. Those are the three most important things. There's a lot of offshoots from that. But, um, yeah, we fit it into our schedule. We've been doing it for a few years now. And we get time together. It's busy, as you can imagine, with five kids. And until yeah. we get to sleep, we're ready to go to sleep for the most part. So we get out. We get our exercise. We get time to ourselves. So when you're walking, you're not really looking at your phone. It's hard to really, you know, we walk at a decent pace. So you're not yeah. like, they're like, oh, hard to no. do one of these. <laughs> so we yeah. keep our, our phones away. Sometimes we have to take a call. That's just life. Right. right. Life is not going to stop. Sometimes it's the kids need something. Sometimes it's a friend, it's a relative, whoever it is. But for the most part, we try to focus on each other. And we'll talk about things that we may not have had time to talk about or something that came up that day or whatever it may be just to get out together. So mm. exercise, being healthy has literally changed my life, my life in so many ways. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, for me, I've, I've always been an extremely fit, like person, like those guys you're all talk about big buff guys. Um, I mean, I'm not so much anymore, you know, I, 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 I have muscle and stuff now and muscle tone, but I also still have a bit of a belly. So I'm more built like a gorilla now <laughs> round, nice. but uh, heavy shoulders. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like before, man, it was like, like we go to the playground and I would just sit, you know, kind of do one of these. And, right. and now, man, I, this, this phone, this is, this is my personal, I have two for my work and stuff but i don't know if you can see it in the screen obviously they the listeners won't see but i busted my phone because i went down the slide with my daughter and 
you know, we, uh, I mean, it was a tall slide. I think probably was 20 feet in the air. It was a, a big one. And I, but I went down it like 15 times that day, like back to back. And she's like, come daddy. And I'm like running up the thing and going back down that thing before, before I couldn't even do it. I probably wouldn't, I would probably got stuck, you know, <laughs> my, my gut or my hips or whatever would have got stuck in the slide. Now I can actually go down and, I mean, uh, to to the intermittent fasting thing, I I actually kind of do that. Um, you know, me and my wife read a lot about uh, a lot about health and stuff like that. I read a lot of books and stuff like that, and um, they they talk about intermittent fasting. And I, I'm I'm just not on the train completely, but I do like I used to eat three full meals, you know, three full squares a day. And I I don't anymore. I eat breakfast and dinner, and that's it. I do not eat lunch at all. Um, but reading about that intermittent fasting, obviously I'm no health coach or nothing, so don't take my advice. Just read about it from a professional, <laughs> but, um, you know, some of the books I was reading, it talks about, you know, when you, when you almost set your body into a small state of hunger, just for a short period of time, your body releases endorphins and hormones and stuff to try and heal. Cause it almost thinks like you're in a state of like despair or whatever so but you only get a little bit it's almost like getting exposed to like a, a cold or something just a little bit you get a little bit immune a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better each time it's the same concept it's, it's actually your immune system that is actually fighting that hunger in the same way as it would fight a cold so what it does is it heals your body and makes you uh they i what i was reading is they they had people that say their skin got better like nicer like acne went away you know stuff like that yeah like they're they get overall more energy because they're, they're not starving themselves for days at a time just you know they're just not eating lunch you know they eat right. a good sized breakfast make sure they're good for the day with plenty of calories and whatever else they got for breakfast and then they just don't eat until dinner time dinner time comes around do the same thing so you basically every 12 hours you're eating a solid meal um and it like for some reason that's what it says so i started doing that based off of that information and mm -hmm. for me honestly that's exactly what happened my skin got smoother my hair got nicer yeah i got more energy i got more interested in things like sex with my wife and stuff like that like all kinds of things started happening got more healthy and it's a version of intermittent fasting a smaller version um right. and then overall i just got more interested in eating healthier and then i started that's that's kind of what started me in this train of uh 10 push-ups uh 20 push-ups 30 push-ups and then more and more and more getting healthier and slowly tumbling down a thing but now i mean I, like you said you were talking about the lawn thing i was like man that's so relatable because that's exactly what i would do i live in florida so it's like 98 degrees with 100 percent humidity in the summertime <laughs> uh i have I mean, I, I live by the beach, so I don't even really have a like an eighth of an acre. You know what I mean? It's probably under an eighth of an acre. It's like a little tiny, you know what I mean? Overall, it probably takes me 45 minutes to mow and weedy and trim any bushes or whatever I have. Like 45 minutes to do everything, the whole thing. Uh, I would go outside and do 15 minutes on just the front portion of the lawn, and I'd be back inside with like a bottle of water, like, oh, dying and stuff, like freaking out because I'm so hot. Now, like middle of the summertime, 98 degrees, I'll run out there, I'll mow the whole thing, front, side, back, go out, grab the weed eater, weed eat the whole thing, trim all the bushes, clean anything up, edge the whole thing, you know, and then I'll go outside and I'll start working on my garden even more. 
you know, because I got I got a little garden with like a couple different things. I got pineapple plants all over the place. Um, but yeah, we do. I I'm, I'm doing all this, and the whole time, none of it. I even had an even remote interest in stopping. I just kept going, just working and doing things and having fun. Then I'll come back in, you know, I'll grab the daughter. I'll be on my knees, you know, playing. She she watches Bluey, and like I said before, I you know, all intents and purposes, look like a gorilla now. Um, so she she calls me ooh ooh. So I'll get, I'll do one of these. I'll go, ooh, 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 and I'll throw her on the back and I'll run around and play with her and stuff like that. And then I'll go back outside and work some more. And before, man, 15 minutes outside, I'd mow and I'd be, all I want is water and cool off. I'm just not like that. So that little bit, it's, it's really put me in a, a life of just everything's better. You know, I have way more energy. My mental focus is better. You know, I have more interest in things. Um, I play with my child more, spend more time with her, you know, and, and then on top of it, I, you know, I feel, you know, I feel like I'm modeling for her. You know what I mean? You know, I, she is going to want, I mean, she's five right now. So it's more along the lines of, I don't want to brush my teeth, but, uh, you know, as she sees it growing older, you know, cause my wife does it too. My wife does, um, we call it pink kicks cause it's a pink video and she does her kick moves and whatever. But she does it on TV and she does her 45 minutes or whatever every day, you know, so my wife sees that and she actually, they bought matching, you know, so she'll go over there. My wife, my daughter will go over there and try and obviously she can't do the moves, but she'll try, you know, uh, and so she, she's almost like you can see that it's slowly turning, you know, the gears are turning in her head and she's wanting to do what we, so if I'm, you know, smashing cheeseburgers, being fat and smoking cigarettes, it's probably what she's going to want to do. Hundred percent. They 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 model us because they're looking up to us. We're their parents. So as right. fathers, especially like they say, and it's cliche, but it's true. Even when she's like, "I hate you, Dad." Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's part. That's part of parcel. Come on. Right. That's part. <laughs> uh, but when like for our for me, my sons, this is like I want them to see how do you treat your wife, how do you maintain right. your house, how do you treat your kids. It's a big mm-hmm. picture. And for my daughter, this is what I want you to have for your future. So when you're looking for a husband, look for something like this. Don't settle for less because you're worth more than that. And that's like one of the most powerful things to me is whatever I am, that's what my kids see. Our kids see what we do. They don't listen to what we say, realistically. And we were all kids. We know what it was like when, you know, we, a memory is going to be more of an action than of a conversation or the conversations right. you know the memories are the ones that stand oh i know that this person did x y and z or i remember that happened so we're programming our kids with their their subconscious and we want to, as fathers as dads we want to give our kids those tools the best way to give those tools over is to become that person become that person that you want your kids to become mm-hmm. and realize it's going to take time it's not going to be a quick turnaround, but it's worth every single second and every bit of energy you put into it. You know, the worst part about having good conversations is they can go on forever. Right now, we, we've talked to almost about an hour, maybe close to an hour, and I'm already seeing a couple topics to jump into to keep going. Jonathan, obviously, you've been fun to talk with. We want you to come back. I, I know Mr. Pancake's right there with me. Because I can yeah, see him absolutely. enjoying the conversation as well. I know you have stuff to do today. 
obviously I have to get back to doing some work eventually or <laughs> I'm going to be trying to find a new job, which call me funny. I really don't want to do. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to cut this off for everybody else. If you can hang on, Mr. Pancake and I want to talk to you a little bit more, but before you go, where can people find you? I want people to be able to locate you, reach out to you if they have questions, if they want to pick your brain, what's the best place? So the best place right now is going to be Twitter or X as they've called it now. Um, <laughs> I do have a short cast, a podcast that's short, keep it condensed. So it's about 10 minutes an episode, quick, easy bites to listen to. And I try to encapsulate one idea per that is the evolved dead shortcast on a lot of platforms. Um, you can go to tedshortcast.com, T E D shortcast.com. I have a newsletter as well. Until the end of the year, I have a telegram group to help give dads, you know, some thoughts and ideas and tasks, keep them going till the end of the year. Um, actually all that is the evolved forward slash new you. So, Everything is there, the link to Twitter, the link to Spotify, and the link to Telegram. And we'll have those links into the show notes, so anybody listening can pull them up, click on them, and get right to you in case they didn't have a chance to write that down. Anyone that wants, they can go to callwithdads.com, where you can find all of Mr. Pancake's information, past episodes. You can find um, anything really on us, Mr. Pancake's bio my bio articles that we post we try to be active so jonathan thank you again for being here we do i am serious we're gonna ask you to come back again try to figure out a time because uh like i said there there's so many other topics that i'm seeing that we can dive into just from yeah. this short conversation that i'd like people to get more of you more in-depth conversation and ideas from you so thank you again for being here. Hold on for us for just a moment, and this will be the end for everybody else, but they can catch all of our other shows either, like you said, wherever you want to find podcasts, you can find Call of Dads as well. So thank you again. Thank you.